this time, Smee. This is it. Don't make a move, Smee. Not a step. My finger's on the trigger. Don't try to stop me, Smee. Oh, not again. This is it. Don't try to stop me this time, Smee. Don't try to stop me this time, Smee. Don't you dare try to stop me this time, Smee. Try to stop me. Smee, you better get up off your ass. Get over here, Smee. I'm coming. I'm oh, coming. Me. I'm coming. This is not a joke. I'm committing a suicide. Don't ever frighten me like that again. I'm sorry. Well, I'm some kind of a sadist. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. How's your feel now? everybody welcome back to ginger flicks i'm joey and i'm josh and here we are for i don't know what number episode it is but we're uh we're getting there it's been a while <laughs> hasn't it since we've we're started. like the high 40s now yeah we're yeah. almost at 50 then aren't we yeah we gotta do something good for 50 we're close we're close well i mean we're we're approaching the christmas season so we might do a handful of christmas movies and stuff Great. You look so upset about that. <laughs> like I've never seen someone so like with such disdain about the, the, the prospect of watching a Christmas movie. You know what? Like, why yeah. do you hate Christmas so much? <laughs> I don't hate Christmas. I hate joy. There's a difference. <laughs> well, that's fine. I mean, there are Christmas movies without joy. Like no. No. <laughs> but like yeah that was such just anger it was just just pure this hatred just just why pure you? just like why why are you why are you subject me to this i'm not i'm not making you watch like love actually <laughs> just for that face i'm gonna make you watch love actually <laughs> Oh God! <laughs> and you know, every single boyfriend in life has seen that song, has seen that movie. Yes, like every yes. single one. It's boyfriend, it's, it's husband. A rite of, it's a rite of passage. The it's the just friend <laughs> that is trying to just, get out of the friend zone. Yeah, just. Like, just <laughs> Marissa's just mad because I didn't watch it with her, and I watched it with someone else, like way before we started dating. She hasn't made you watch it with her though. No, no. What about the holiday? Ooh, I haven't watched that one either. Is that another I've rough one? But I've seen both, both many oh, times. You poor, poor man. Yeah. Anyways, on to <laughs> what we actually watched, and, what, and instead of what we possibly might watch. Josh, what movie did we actually watch this week? We watched the 1991 classic Hook. Bring us to hook, hook, hook. Bring us to hook. Oh my god, I love this movie. Like since I was a kid, I've loved this movie. Yeah, I think we're both on the same page, aren't we? Yeah, a hundred percent. Like there, you know what? Watching it now, there are certain things that I still like that still just bring me back to when I first saw it. Yeah, that I still always feel the same thing. Like. Uh, you know, certain scenes that we'll get into. And then there are a couple things that I was like, okay, 
I get why some critics may not have liked it. I get why. Oh, really? What What were those? Like, like? It, it, like I'm not saying. I'm not saying I didn't. No, like no, but I, I, I haven't. Like, I, I ne- have never read actual reviews on this one. Well, yeah, it it doesn't because have it's the greatest. It doesn't have the greatest reviews because it holds Even such a place in my heart. Like Spielberg himself doesn't like this movie very much. He said he's like, disappointed in it. And I know I read that where he's like, he, he wished he could have done better with it. He likes the first act and he thinks it ended well, but he doesn't like the body of it. And he, I read that. I could he, see that. Like, what is What do you mean? Like basically the, so the entire the, second act is not. I guess. Yeah. Him? When Peter gets to Neverland and he starts training and stuff like that, he said the more insecure he felt, the bigger, like the more elaborate or bigger the set he made. <laughs> he, he, he just he that's one of sure my favorite things about this movie was how elaborate mm. neverland just the pirate village yeah. becomes i love i mean again i'm not like some of the stuff i'm saying i get why maybe critics didn't like it right like, but it's it's i'm not saying i didn't like it because no no i'm I not did. i'm not but, assuming that at all like i, I from think... beginning to end like i still quite immersed in it there i thought it was kind of strange like for example like little things like why is his name peter banning like why is that so close to pan it could have been named. yeah <laughs> you know it's like the little things at the beginning of course he's flying pan am funny enough which, uh well you know what's you pan know what's am actually that... shut down like a the, week before like a week or something before the movie was released yeah. um so this is like the last instance you'll see anything of pan am yeah. and there's and there's like little things in it too that kind of like also more so at the beginning like everything is so peter pan what, you know like, like just the way know, as soon as they get into the house you know to see wendy she's like stop growing up like right away that's like the first thing she says to the kids it's like mm-hmm. and then you know the guy the guy is toodles so that's his name uh they never actually changed his name or anything like that and yeah well so to, like so the kids room is all po- is captain hook on the wall the, there's there the are a lot the of the hook yeah there's a lot of like nods and uh slight winks to the original book mm-hmm. oh and i love that though i like that yeah john's hat is there you know the top hat uh you, you know and that's the thing it's more like easter eggs at certain things but i feel like okay it's a little overdone i the one the one thing i wish i wish they explored a little bit more i always got the sense that the pirates were magic which you never see in the original but like right from the beginning you mean like the, the animated opens, version that you don't see that? what's that you mean like in the animated version where you don't see how magical they are i think I no, think they're, they're though, not supposed to be magic. They're just pirates. Yeah, but like, I think though, in terms like I've never read the books mm-hmm. or the the stories or whatever, so I think there is an element of magic in regards to the pirates. Again, yeah, they've been in never. They've I I I I'm, I could be like way off, right? But mm-hmm. I mean, you'd have to think they'd have figure something out after have been in Neverland for you know pretty much a hundred years well you right because neverland is this magical place anyways where time either stops or stands still or essentially goes backwards well you get the sense that they can't leave neverland they're trapped there yeah they're 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 shipwrecked there 
but yet they could still kidnap the kids. Like when they actually kidnap the kids, you see the blankets fly up. There's this magic glowing kind of green light. Mm-hmm, and then, mm-hmm. so it's like, how did uh, they, how did they take them? How did they get, how did they get to Neverland? Like, did they fly to Neverland? You know, was, did they fly the ship? Kind of how like Tinkerbell sprinkled the ship in the animated movie with pixie dust. Maybe like, that was like I, it's, it, it's, yeah, it's interesting though. Like they never sort of explained how Hook managed to get there. Yeah. So, that but they was... sort of established that he, that that the pirates were already there, like before you know Peter and Moira and Wendy go to that gala. Right they... in the sense that, like, when Jack asks, "Hey, where's my baseball?" and mm-hmm. Maggie says, "Oh, that scary man took it." Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yeah. Right. Yeah. So, like, there's there's that sort of nod that they were already there, sort of scoping out the place. They well, never really explain know, how they got back. Mm-hmm. Do you know who the pilot, you know, when they're flying, like, when they're, when they're on the actual plane? Yeah. you know who the pilot's voice is? Yeah. It's Dustin Hoffman. It's Dustin Hoffman, yeah. This is this your is captain, captain speaking. Captain speaking. So he's the I'm captain like right through the movie. <laughs> but... <clears throat> but like I guess like that's kind of it when it comes to my nitpickiness like and more so right yeah actually, actually okay the other nitpicky thing I have this is it too I would say <laughs> every time you more. say that you find something else <laughs> no but okay it's, it's, it's Peter's clothes which like his uh... his clothes his clothes go from the white shirt and vest and pants he wears those when he's training. And they become like so dirty, right? <laughs> he loses those clothes. Then he, uh, you know, when he flies, the flying scene when he finally learns how to fly, which is like my favorite scene. He's back like, in the white shirt. No, no, when he no, he's he's in his Peter Pan outfit. He flies from the ground in that pirate outfit, and then he bursts in the air, and he's in Peter Pan wear. And I'm like, where did where did the cost? Where did it come you from? Why did are your putting things? too much logic. No, and that, like, that's what I'm saying. Movie. And then, and then he flies home, and he's magically in his other in his normal clothes, which had gotten wrecked. So I was like, "Wait, what? How did this happen?" That's the only like. That's it. That's the only like. Well, flaw. For you know, me, that I mean, I'm was it a dream? Like, hmm? Was it a dream? But it can't be because the kids weren't. The kids experienced it. Toodles literally flew away at the end. And Peter had the marbles that he got from Thud. <laughs> so it's like, no, no, he w- it wasn't a dream. It was clearly, it was clearly an actual. You have become so cynical. You can't just look past the magic. No, no, but I'm just saying, like, <laughs> no, I'm saying if I'm being nitpicky. Like, I, do you know again, much, yeah. You know how much I loved this movie as a kid? I actually had the novelization of it. Oh, I totally really? forgot about that until I started watching the movie this time. <laughs> I had the novelization and I had like some, uh, it was another book, but I think it was only the first half of the movie up until really? Peter, Peter, or it was like, it was like um, words and pictures, mm-hmm, but it wasn't mm-hmm. like a, for a super little kid. It was weird, but I had it up until when Peter cut the coconut in half. Okay. And that's it. And then it stopped there and there would have been like another part, like another book. You would have to finish it. Buy or whatever to finish the series. Yeah. But it's like, and then plus of course had the movie and 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, this movie uh, is, it's so just, it's fun. It's but I, I get what you're saying. I mean, there are elements where the the center, like the middle of the movie can kind of drag a bit. I love the mug, by the way. For those mm-hmm. watching the, uh, the YouTube video, you already see it. But Josh has a Superman mug with a cape. It is delightful. Yep. You have to share that on the Instagram for sure. Mm. <laughs> it's so good. You threw me off with that. Um, but like, yeah, I, I get what you're saying. Like with this movie, it sort of goes through a, a bit of a lull through the training. Cause then they get to Neverland. It, then it just becomes like no training montage after training montage, food fight scene. Then, you know, baseball scene, and then they get to him figuring out how to fly, which takes about five minutes, maybe ten. And then he's... I found that there wasn't that... The the training stuff didn't get me, because it it actually didn't feel like very long. Well, not that it felt long, but I mean, just... No, but I felt like that was fine. The only parts that I felt that it slowed down was uh, Maggie. Oh, the and daughter? I, she gave me an F. He gave me an F. I was like, ah, you just get out of the it. scene. You know? <laughs> <laughs> well, that's that's why you and I are more <laughs> most likely more to be like Captain Hook and Shmi, anyways. Well, but, <laughs> but I mean, still the thing is, she's actually fine, and you know, I think that's her literally like her only acting credit. Maybe she did one other thing. Like and, she was uh, all right. The kids were fine she, no, she in this was, movie. She was fine, like actually, from and, and the kids. Are, the kid that played Jack was good. Yeah, from like, why aren't you more things, man? I think he just left acting right after. I that. I think he went to be a lawyer. Yeah, like his, he's a lawyer. Like his film father. <laughs> he just loved the idea. Okay. He's like, forget acting. I want to act like a lawyer. I want to be a lawyer. That's it. I'm maybe, done. maybe I could find out that I'm Peter Pan and I'll be a lawyer. <laughs> <laughs> but man, honestly though, the all the uh, it's. This is like one of those movies where the cast, it, I still love the cast to this day. Oh, Everyone, this was very well cast. You know, even though I joke about that kid, everybody. she still is fine. She plays that part really well. Dude, all, like, I, like we said, all the kids were great in it. Like yeah, from, the lost, the, from the Lost Boys yeah. Yeah, all the way to Jack and Maggie, they were all good in it. And mm-hmm. apparently all three of Dustin Hoffman's kids are in it at some point of this movie. Yeah. Dustin Hoffman's kids, I think his oldest was in Jack's baseball game. Yeah, his oldest was on one of the one of the baseball teams. Jane, one of them, Jane, played his daughter or played went played like one of the kids in the play. Yeah. Or one, his other son played a kid in the play. No, no, his other, other son was the younger version of Peter, one of the younger versions yes, of Peter as a yes. kid. And then the other one was in like the play. And then the daughter was in one of the was was one of the girls in the play. Yeah. Now, yeah. Like Dustin Hoffman had all three of his kids in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, like th- this movie, like going through has like a ton of just like great yeah. talent from, mm-hmm. you know, Maggie Smith, who is in her 50s at this point, And they make her out to look like even like like 92 or 93 or something. Yeah. She looks <laughs> she stopped aging at. 58 yeah <laughs> maggie smith does not look that old in real life like no they well, aged her a lot 
Yeah, well, and the thing is, I'd never seen her in anything at this point. Up until Harry and Potter, I, anyways. And then I, well, that was it. And you don't see her again. Till, for me, I didn't see her again until Harry Potter. I'm like, like oh, if, if it was anything for us, because again, don't forget, we are in North America. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So Maggie Smith. And we were also kids watching this movie. So we exactly. Weren't so we weren't really looking at, you know, who the actors were. I mean, in many respects, yeah. as much as you can think of Dustin Hoffman as Rain Man, he is also hook at least to us anyways oh man i heard so many good i just i was reading so many funny things about or maybe ironic things funny and ironic about this movie oh yeah like like all the little stuff so apparently this one this kills me so dustin hoffman's buddy john voight asked if he could bring his kids to the set oh yeah i heard this story yeah right and his oldest being I don't know if it was his oldest, but Angelina well, his Jolie. daughter being Angelina Jolie at sixteen, yeah. yeah. And Dustin and Hoffman, what does he do? He goes home and tells his wife. Yeah, she's like, uh, she's gonna have a tough road ahead of her. <laughs> she apparently, was like gangly and, and had braces, and just like, and it's like, oh boy, Dustin, did you <laughs> drop the ball on that one? I just <laughs> the most like beautiful person in the world for like a, for, like, a decade at least at least a decade <laughs> you know for like all of the 2000s I know much, right? I know <laughs> and then but okay we were ta- we were you know our last movie we were talking about Bob Hoskins oh yeah so, okay so I think Dustin Hoffman said this about their two characters in the movie sorry to interrupt you but. So Dustin Hoffman was interviewed, I think it was like for Playboy back in 04. And he's like, yeah, so Bob and I kind of had this realization like mid scene one day that Hook and Smee were gay. Like gay lovers. Yeah, this is true. This is how Dustin Hoffman and Bob Hoskins sort of interpreted the relationship between the two of them. He's like, they're two old queens that have been living together for so long. Like one is obviously more dramatic and they just know how to deal with each other, which if you watch it from that, that sort of uh, spectrum or, you know, uh, I view, I view, you sort of see it and you understand how they sort of tapped into that relationship. And the best part is when they told uh Spielberg this Spielberg's like guys it's a kids movie and like yeah. no no yeah, yeah, we get that we get that we get that but the whole thing is is the way they are together they're like these two old queens that have you know been living yeah. in the same apartment for like 20 years but see I never it's funny like even thinking about it I might rewatch it and look at it that way but you, you see it you know where you, you see it the most is that scene <laughs> Where oh, I had an apostrophe. Yeah, yeah. Just before yeah. that, where he's just like, "Don't try to stop me, Smee." Yeah. Don't you dare try to stop me, Smee. This is it. This is the last time, Smee. Try to stop me, Smee. Try to stop Smee. Get off your Get ass. Get your ass over here and try to stop me. What are you a saint? Like it's so. <laughs> what are you a sadist? I was listening to like the little comments, and yeah, like he busted. Like are you a sadist? I was like, what? I never heard that as a kid. Like the little things you miss in the kid, like nearsighted gynecologist. That is my favorite insult. Man, that is like the best too. insult. And I caught it this time. Oh, I, I remember I, catching that one, I think in high school. 
and and I thought oh, it was I, a, I, I think you pointed it out to me, but it's been so long since I watched this that I forgot it's in there. And it's so hearing you know, it's it. just they he says it with such a straight face yeah. that <laughs> like nearsighted gynecologist. And then it's like and then and then he uh, anyway, that's such a great scene. It know? is and so he, good. Just, just the back and forth. Oh yeah, it's so well done. But what I was gonna say about Bob Hoskins, so the first thing is apparently they had a, a shoot day or a scene that was so crazy complicated and it had 300 extras. Mm-hmm. And afterwards, Bob Hoskins bought everybody around a beer. Like, Oh, everybody. I think I heard about this because it was so complicated and he's like, let's do this. And he's such a nice guy. And then the other thing I heard that I thought is hilarious is that to like, I don't know if this was to keep himself sane or just for fun. He would walk around singing Lionel Richie's Hello. I heard him as me. But he'd say, Hello, is it me you're looking for? for? Like, that's awesome. (laughs) That's awesome. Like, could you imagine just like you're having a rough day? Like, you're probably shooting for maybe 12 hours that day. And then, you know, essentially, (laughs) Bob Hoskins singing that next to you. I'd be dying. I'd be like, that's it. That's how you get through oh, man. this long shoot day. And then there was like the secret cameo that you don't realize until you're like way older and the internet exists. Which of one? Glenn Close. And yeah. among others. <laughs> like yeah. Glenn Co- Close to me is like the the most like mind boggling, well, right? That's the that's the only that's the one that has a significant amount of time. That you you don't blink and miss it. That one's like, it's yeah, you get to see, you see like, like the yeah. the blue of her eyes for God's sake. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I remember thinking, what's weird is, I mean, I wouldn't have guessed that that was Glenn Close because she's uncredited, right? Yeah, no, I- she's not credited at all, and it obviously does not look like her. But but the blue eyes and like maybe the like the forehead maybe but like you it's like as an adult or like older when like let's say other movies came out like um, Air Force One or uh, like the One Hundred One Dalmatians yeah the last one I think those are the only two movies offhand that I can recall seeing her in uh, after this like probably others um, besides like Fatal Attraction which I saw way later. Um, but don't forget she's in the marvel universe well oh yeah yeah but i mean like but i mean that's at this point (laughs) when we already know that she's in this movie like i'd already heard that but i remember watching like let's say air force one or something and being like i know i've seen this woman in something else not putting hook not thinking that that's the person in hook yeah like like, you wouldn't think that like it's 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 mind ball it's it's just it's the 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 makeup and then the performance is so good mm-hmm. even for those five minutes of screen time yeah not not even like probably it, like like a minute at off. most at yeah exactly for that short amount of time you know she kills it and it just shows how truly talented she she really is well like yeah and we get to all of them um the other cameo is George Lucas and Carrie Fisher. Yeah. They're like just off to the side when, you know, Peter and Tinker are flying to Neverland. And, and they, they get, get sprayed with the fairy dust. They're kissing and they fly Yeah, they're the, the couple kissing. Yeah. And apparently, 
uh, Carrie Fisher actually did some rewrites on the screenplay. Yeah, she was hired and brought on to punch up the script a bit. I know Which that. Which is much. crazy. Yeah. Oh, yeah, totally. But again, because they're like all buddies, right? So. Well, yeah, I mean, you know, Spielberg and Lucas go back to the days when they were roommates. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And they were like living in what was known, what could have been considered a frigging uh, <laughs> primordial soup bowl with him. Uh, I think Brian De Palma was living in that house. Uh, you know, George Lucas, I think Ford Cop- Francis Ford Coppola was coming by like th- this. These group of guys were all hanging out and they were just, mm. you know, throwing ideas between each other. Right. Yeah. And. You know, some of the best movies have come out of that in the last, you know, 40 years. Thanks to that little, like, melting pot that was their little Mm -hmm. apartment at the time. Well, I mean, some people would consider, and rightly so in my opinion, that Spielberg could be one of, if not the greatest filmmaker of his generation. Agreed. Oh, totally. I mean, mean, and, and, but then, you know, you have to compare him to his contemporaries, which is also... It, it's quite the list when you yeah. go looking at directors. I mean, at that point, you know, nobody I think really. It's more like if you look at the. Because, I mean, yeah, like you look at someone like Scorsese, who's done classic after classic, right? Well, but I mean, so like, Spielberg's got classic after classic. Or well, is his Spielberg name. has like the big budget classic. I agree. Oh, classic. yeah. And, and, and like, it's, you know, it's more like. Brian De Palma's they, another one who's got like. Yeah, some big pull in in the director world, you know, mm-hmm. Oliver Stone, another one. You know what I mean? Yeah, it, and it, and George Lucas probably not the best director, but he has probably the biggest pop, one of the biggest. I pop think I th- arguably George Lucas, if you look behind me, could be considered <laughs> the most successful out of all of them. Well, I mean, the guy I've got is, a lot of Star think, Wars stuff behind me. I think the guy is the richest out of all of them. Considering he made like, oh, he sold Lucasfilm for over four billion dollars. Exactly, that's the thing, right? For fifty million dollars more than Marvel, by the way. It, it is Star Wars. When when Disney bought Marvel, he said, "Star Wars is worth more than Marvel." So they <laughs> they bought Star Wars. They had bought Marvel for four billion, <laughs> so they bought Star Wars for four point oh five billion. <laughs> Sounds about right. That sounds about right. That's called petty and but petty you're a billionaire. Exactly. Exactly. Right? And don't forget, but, both yeah. Spielberg and George Lucas have the Indiana Jones flicks to their name. Right? Yes. And you go looking back at like all of, but, but the whole point is is that that generation of directors from Spielberg to Lucas to De Palma and all them like before them, you really didn't hear or know much about a dr- movie director, and you didn't care. Yeah. And arguably, even the generations after, how often, aside from, like, you know, talking about superhero movies, I haven't really talked about, like, film directors or critiqued a film director. Mm. Tarantino. Yeah, okay, yeah. So, I mean, but uh, but that's the point. Without these guys, you don't get those guys. Yeah. You don't true. get the likes of a Tarantino. Yeah. Right? So it's 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 amazing to see just anytime you, you watch some of like one of these guys work, be it Spielberg's, Lucas's, or any of the other directors we've mentioned, 
it's just amazing to see, you know, if you look close enough, you'll see the progression from into future films of style and, you know, sort mm-hmm. of thought process or just, you know, the way a shot is made as opposed to, you know, something different. Yeah. Right. 100%. But I, I, I always, I do find it interesting that Spielberg feels like this is his, one of his weakest films though. Mm-hmm. I, I do find that interesting that he <clears throat> doesn't like this as much as one would think. I think it's because it's also so fantastical. You know, it's not ground, like it is grounded in reality, at least at the beginning. And it's not, I mean, I can't think of a a movie he's done that is set in sort of another, that is more fantasy, I guess, you know? I mean, he's done E.T., but that's again, it's reality. It's 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 based first. in a real not, world. If an alien were to come here, and you know, and he's he's done these Indiana Jones movies that involve like uh, they're 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 fantastical. But the difference with the Indies is that you know, it's a real guy. Like he's not. Yeah, he's quote unquote. He's, he's like, a professor. Yeah, he's not actually like some. I don't, I, I don't know. Like he's 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 human. He's not like a different anything. Um, so yeah, there's no like it. explanation of magic, so to speak. I mean, there is, but there isn't. Yeah, right. Yeah. I mean, that's true. So yeah, I don't know. I don't. I, I don't see. Yeah, it is kind of odd that he doesn't view this as his as one of his go tos or just mm-hmm. one that he really likes. Yeah. I think what he said once was uh, around the time that. Uh, Robin Williams passed away he rewatched it as like an honor to him he's like wow I forgot how much this movie bothers me <laughs> or something no, along he, those lines he, I had heard when he watched it after Robin Williams died because yeah he said he was disappointed with the film but that's how him and Robin Williams became friends yeah oh yeah he, he couldn't get through the movie because he couldn't stop crying okay that's what it was that's what I had heard or read is that yeah? He just he was so. I mean, like so. Like, with with this movie though, it's just it's there's there's a lot of fun. There's a lot of whimsy, and compared to Spielberg's other films, you don't get that. Like, mm-hmm. like if you think about it, like his movies are fun. There there is whimsy in say E. T. But it's it's not as it's whimsical as. Sorry. And E. T. Gets dark like that. All that stuff with the government and E. T. Like almost dying or something. Yeah, this like, movie at best starts dark, and it doesn't really uh, go yeah. back. The only time, the only I remember as a kid, man, when Rufio dies, I was like, no, like that was so heartbreaking because yeah. you know, Rufio was like the the foil to Peter for the movie, and then finally, you know, they like I remember as a kid watching, I, I saw it in the theaters, and I remember when Peter flies, and he lands and you see Rufio walking up to him with the sword, the pan sword. And you think, oh, snap, he's going to lose it because he already, like, you know, lost it on him during the, mm-hmm. you know, the, the food, food fight. fight. But then he just kneels, gives him the sword, and he's like, you can fly, you can fight, you can crow. And it's like, <gasps> like, in that one moment, they don't have to, there was nothing else that had to be said. It's like, cool, they're buddies. And then you don't see them together again, really, until until he does. they're on the ship and it's already fighting 
they hit their swords together, but then they're like, like do one of these kind of mm-hmm. things, and then they go back at it. You know, and it's yeah. So when Rufio died, it was like, man. Well, he was a cool character too. He was a cool character, and yeah, like that's true. Like remember, as a kid, or even a little later, if you mention Hook, everyone would go Rufio, Rufio, Rufio. Like everybody yeah. would do. Yeah, that. I remember that. Yeah. <laughs> so I mean, yeah, like. Is there anything else you needed to say about this? I I don't have that much more to say other than how much I like it. Yeah. (laughs) You know, we watch it and like it it, reminiscent of like who framed Roger Rabbit. Like I love that they have actual sets kind of thing. Right. It's not the the pirate village, the lost boys, like where they uh, that everything they build, the costumes. I think everything is so like, it has elements of like the way uh, Hook and Smee speak that it could be like in a play and even some of the costumes. It's like they could. Yeah. Be in a play. Yeah. Oh, it's yeah. Re- like, I, yeah. I love I love all of it, man. And I remember as a kid, it took forever, you know, to finally get some sword fights in there. And the, <laughs> board, the sword fights still hold up. Yeah, there's some good. There is some you know, good fencing work in this movie. It's uh, decent. It's decent. What about and, Phil Collins' cameo? He's in it too, right? As the detective. As right? the detective, like, like there are a handful of cameos in this movie, and yeah. it's just yeah. I, we, I, we've I, we've already talked about the 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 Glenn Close one, which you know mm-hmm. still, if you don't know, you'll go nuts trying to figure it out, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. So it, it's 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 pretty wild, and it's pretty cool to yeah. see it. But yeah, I mean, I've got nothing really that rough or any more cri- critical no. to really I don't say. Know. Oh, there's no critique, man. I just like there's <laughs> certain things like I like I was saying at the beginning, like things that take me back to when I like that. No matter how many times I watch it, it's still like the first time I watched it. Right, for, right, I, yeah. For me, it's the flying scene, like because again, you got John Williams as the you know uh, the composer, which is always a good thing oh yeah no john williams is always a when score he, when he composes your movie you know that whole scene when he finally remembers he starts floating and then he flies out of there and this and the music just swells it's like a perfect like that timing is perfect and it still gives me that like really happy feeling yo the yeah same, the, this movie is one like of those uplifters time. like i feel like we need something like this right mm-hmm. now and the way yeah. the world is going. <laughs> I, I almost get the same feeling. And again, this is another John Williams and a movie we talked about, but like Superman. When Superman yeah. catches the the uh, helicopter in the first in the first one. You've got same, me. Who's got you? Yeah. And it's that <laughs> same sort of swell that that crescendo with the music. It's and he's got the horns going and everything. But that's is why so John Williams good. is a genius. Yeah. Like he's it, like it, I, I yeah, he you cannot compare to a John Williams score. You just cannot do it. It's impossible hmm. now, with Star Wars all the way to Hook. Like it's and and anything he's done since, mm-hmm. it's just so it works so well. He yeah. he has an ear for just to build drama, tension, or even just to uplift you. From yeah. the score he puts to a movie. 
Yeah. It's amazing. It's, it is literally some of the best mm-hmm. work you can get in scoring in film, and everybody knows it. Well, it's, same thing. It's weird. I think the first time we hear the that <clears throat> that score when Peter flies is when he cuts the coconut in half, but it's you know it's not as you hear it a little bit. You you get little bits soft. of it. Yeah, you get little bits of it as he starts to remember or he starts to get better at being. Peter Pan but it's more but the thing is it's like he takes the same chords but when he cuts the 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 coconut like you almost see that realization in Robin Williams reaction to doing it like he's it's weird it's a mixture of like surprise and fear yeah because he's because he drops the sword right like he can't believe he did that he doesn't know how he did it right yeah and the music on top of that has that like that's like Peter Pan's kind of uh, like song, you know, that's, that's the music that goes along with mm-hmm. the Peter Pan moments. And it's like, ah, oh, so it's like, that's it. That's tell. it's like almost like a shadow of like, okay, you're almost there. Like you're getting there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know? And it's oh, so yeah. good. Yeah, totally. And, and, and um, yeah, I, I've got nothing. <laughs> yeah, I got nothing. Either. I got nothing. Anyway, I, I, I could probably just talk more about how good the movie is. Uh, let's yeah. just do that for a little bit longer then. Uh, so we've come to the point in the show <laughs> where we rate these movies out of five ginger snaps. And I swear to God, one day Mar- Marissa will remember that this was her idea. I swear. One day. One day. Maybe not today. Maybe not tomorrow. But someday. Maybe when she re- re-listens to the episode she was actually on. <laughs> Get together, I Marissa. I don't know. I don't know. I don't You're know. Here. You I heard don't know. it. Now. She has to listen to this episode too. You know that, right? That too. She's not going to do that. <laughs> so, as we rate these out of five ginger snaps, Josh, how many ginger snaps do you give Hook? It's oh, a tough one. I'm going to go. I'll probably go four and a half. Like I still love the movie and it's not perfect, but it's really close. And again, you know, I think it's also this is one of those because I loved it so much as a kid, I still love it as an adult. And you know, when Robin Williams died, this was the movie I watched too. I and I didn't watch Aladdin, I didn't watch Mrs. Doubtfire or Jack or you know, any of his others. I watched this and I still loved it and at the very end, the last line he says of the movie is to live would be an awfully big adventure. And it's like, I watched it right after he died and I was like, oh man, that's heartbreaking. But the guy lived such, like, even yeah. though he died tragically, yeah. he still did live such a great full life. Yeah. That's, and, uh... you know, this, this movie, like, you just see the joy he probably had in making it. And same thing with the rest of the cast. You know, Dustin Hoffman probably had a ball as Hook. And Bob Hoskins, of course he had a ball as Smee. Are you kidding me? The only one that apparently didn't was Julia Roberts because she acted in front of a lot of green screen. She was alone. And She was alone her. throughout the whole movie. She almost got apparently fired they, from this. Apparently they called her Tinker Hell. <laughs> I, you know what, though? <laughs> I, it it was she, an no, era. She left the country, though. Yeah, she, she she skipped out of town too. She flew to Ireland, and Spielberg's like, "Get back here, you're fired." 
<laughs> so yeah besides you know that that sucks which Sorry. i wonder what was really going on with her she <laughs> was her, her and she she like that movie runaway bride or something is sort of based on her sort that's of even i don't worse. know if it's I that's don't know if that's even for worse. sure or not. That's but even it, worse. <laughs> no, like um, apparently that's what it is. She ditched, is it she ditched Kiefer Sutherland? Like something like that. She either mm. didn't get married or they're going through a divorce, but I think it was that she didn't go to the wedding. Like mm. I think that's the actual. And she skipped town to Ireland. Yeah. Who goes to Ireland? Go to Neverland. She should have been. That's the like, problem. Fine. That's. Let's do this. Apparently, though, this movie was supposed to be like a musical vehicle for Michael Jackson. It was supposed to have a lot of his music in it and then just never ended up happening. Um, but this movie, like you can't have it's one of those. There's it would have been a very it would have it would have been a very different movie. Yeah. if His it, musical talent. This movie involved. just needed to be pure score. That's it. You yeah, know, they well, that no, that like the original, the original plan I think was to have Michael Jackson involved in some way, yeah, and just scheduling couldn't work. Um, I yeah, I will it. give this one myself. I will give it about four and a half as well. Again, for the same reasons. I mean, I loved it as a kid, and um, it really can't get much worse. <laughs> and yeah, there's this great nostalgia factor. And the other thing too, for me was much like you, it, it is the Robin Williams movie. I think about when I think about Robin Williams, right? Uh, aside from Mrs. Doubtfire, which again is a fun movie. It just, I don't think it was as good as hook because hook to me had sort of everything that you wanted in terms of like it, it had action, it had adventure, it even mm-hmm. had a little bit of a love story. It, it has it all there, and there's this great, almost heartbreaking connection or lack of connection you see with him and his son in this movie, and it just shows Robin Williams like full on range as an actor before you get him in most of his dramatic work. Yeah, yeah. I think so. Like, yeah. you know, some some of it I feel like could be borderline like schmacting, you know? Yeah. When, when I, you I see what you mean. Over, the over the top nature of some of the characters and even Peter going from this, you know, he has to be this stern, not even stern, what am I saying? He's like, you know, he's the neglectful father. Neglectful father. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like, like, husband, father, you know, he's just focused on his work. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Even though it's literally like, Literally, they said this is a 91. You know, he's on the phone and it's like a $5 billion deal. I'm like, $5 billion in 91? Is that, a massive amount of money. That's ridiculously huge, you know? And then she just tosses yeah. his phone out. I'm oh, like, yeah. I'm like, it's not five, like even $5 million <laughs> would have been a, a It's a massive. It's insane. It's well, crazy. Five, five billion she just chucks it out the window and you're like, Whoop. and I'm almost like, how did. How long did phone batteries last back then? Not that long. It's like for us, your phone doesn't last five hours, like ten hours. <laughs> You're, You're done. You need that. You're you need lucky the wire if you get to lunch, especially with an iPhone. You're lucky if you get to lunch with a with with a decent charge on a battery. <laughs> you know that one. 
he he finds his phone buried three days later and Brad's in the still snow. On the in the snow. <laughs> and Brad's waiting. He's on hold. He's on hold. Could you imagine the phone bill for that back then? Well, Brad's Calling paying. People. See, Brad would be paying it because he's the one who made the call. <laughs> Did he? Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's why they needed that $5 billion deal. Like, <laughs> <laughs> And they still didn't resolve it. <laughs> No. Three days later, feel this, and he's. Everyone's like, wait, wait a minute, not again. Mm-hmm. You know what's another thing too? This like, phone call is call is costing me five billion dollars. You know what? Just think another thing too. Like I know we gotta end this, uh, not but, yet. but um, again, what I really liked about this movie too, because as a kid, we only saw the other animated. You know, um, yeah. Yeah, we didn't Peter see. Pan, you know, I think I think after this, they did have the Peter Pan and the Pirates cartoon show, which I really liked, and no one else, you know, only some people remember it, but I really liked it, especially Tim Curry as. Uh, I remember Hunt. it. I don't think I liked it very much. I like it, it was. They had some really dark moments too. They had this one dark episode where Peter did grow up, and Neverland started like dying. It was crazy. Anyway, <laughs> what I what I really okay. liked was the relationship between peter and tink in this one i was like you get a full-on relationship because they actually allow her to talk and they give her human feelings because like sometimes they say that fairies can only feel like one emotion at a time or something like well, that, that i mean <clears throat> again this tink this tinkerbell is more based on the book than anything is this has ever done yeah See, I wouldn't, but I think, but even in the book, they still explain her behavior as she can only feel like one thing at a time. So fair enough, it messes her up or something like that. So the thing is they make her more of a humanized character. And yeah, when she gets bigger and and she kisses him and then you see her heartbreak when he's like, no, I have to go. And then even at the end, when, when he finally gets back to London and she's there and she's like, you know, that place between sleep and awake where you still remember your dreams, like that's where I'll be waiting. And you're like, holy cow, this is a little fairy. And it's like that line, whoever wrote that, if that was, you know, um, yeah, whether it was Carrie Fisher or uh, Jake, I think um, blanking on the writer's name, but the writer whose son gave him the inspiration to actually create this. Mm-hmm. That is a heartbreaking line. And that's where it ends with Peter and Tink. And you're like, man, like there are some things that are like that. Like, well, this this movie is not shy on giving heartbreaking moments. Yeah. In, in a kid's movie. It's not. I mean, from that scene, like realistically, the scene when he can't actually reach out and just touch his kid's hand in the Mm -hmm. early in the movie, that's a gut wrencher. Mm hmm. Right. Because, you know, realistically, he's just some guy. He's, you know, at that point, he's not Peter Pan. He's just a guy Hmm. who has been mistaken for Peter Pan. And he's, you know, in a situation where him and his kids could die and he can't bring out the strength because he's that afraid of heights to just reach out and touch them. I mean, yeah, that whole that whole scene was like yeah like this movie does not like it's not afraid to just rip your heart out 
as subtly as it can do it or as blatant as it can do it. Yeah. In a movie like this. Yeah. In a movie like this, it's just, Uh it's, it's all out. It was fun. Um, so Josh, where can they find our fun social media stuffs? Well, if you guys looking us up, we're on Instagram at gingerflixpod, one word. We're on Twitter at flixpod, one word. We're on YouTube at gingerflix. And we're actually on TikTok as well, just for fun, at gingerflixpod. And it's always one word. And remember that flix is always spelled with that X, folks. Yup. Anyways, guys, um, for Ginger Flix, I'm Joey. And I'm Josh. And thanks again for listening. 